You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the treatment room. My name is Tess, and I'm here with Lauren. Hey, guys. Okay, so today we thought it would be helpful, and we've gotten some messages just asking for a little bit more knowledge about ingredients. So we thought it would be kind of handy if, if we just talked about a few of the biggest players in ingredient decks and how they are applicable to skincare. Maybe you listen to this and then you have a little bit more clarity when you are shopping for skincare or just trying to understand if certain ingredients are good for your skin. So we found this little handy guide online from Birdie actually, and we are going to make this a two-part episode so we can just kind of dive into some of the most significant ingredients and talk more about it. Okay, Lauren, do you want to kick us off? Yes. So the first ingredient that we'll talk about is alcohol. And I actually just recently did a post on this on my Instagram because alcohol, I think, is one of the most uh, misinterpreted ingredients. Yes. For, for the most part, all the bad hype is correct. You know, there are a lot of alcohols. There are more alcohols that are bad for your skin than ones that are good for your skin. Um, so, um, so according to Birdie online, uh, the bad forms to look for are like ethanol or ethyl alcohol, denatured alcohol, methanol, isopropyl alcohol, all that kind of stuff. But there are other alcohols that are good for your skin, which are the fatty kinds. So those are going to have a higher molecular weight. Um, and it's going to be more, um, almost conditioning for the skin. Yeah, and I know some of the big ones are like settle or sterile alcohol, and I see those all the time in ingredients. So I think just understanding that, you know, some are actually really beneficial to the skin, um, and they're very key for keeping a formulation, you know, emollient. So just understanding that, maybe if you're not quite sure if it's good or bad, at least you have that knowledge. And then when you're reading an ingredient deck, you can go, you know, go to Paula's Choice or another um, dictionary site and just kind of learn more. I think that's really important, but you'll see alcohols a lot in face cleansers, especially sometimes Mm -hmm. moisturizers even, but I think they're really common in cleansers. And I think, you know, like 10 years ago, we kind of used to crave that squeaky clean feeling a little bit more. And a lot of companies were putting ingredients like SLS or denatured alcohol in their products. I feel like brands are getting more savvy to the fact that consumers are more privy to ingredient knowledge, but you'll still see these in a bunch of big name uh, brands. So just remember just because a brand is popular, or, you know, it has pretty packaging, it doesn't mean anything for your skin. Your skin recognizes ingredients. So I think if you can go the extra mile and try to understand what's in the products, it can only benefit you. Yeah, exactly. I like, for instance, that's a, a good point test because I got a, um, a vitamin C serum that I talked about on my Instagram from 
from Obagi, and it was one of their Pro C serums. It was like had great reviews, like amazing, amazing. And mm-hmm. I got it, of course, without looking at the ingredients because you know I trusted the brand. And not to say there was anything necessarily wrong with it. However, for me, there was way too much alcohol in it. There were six, I think six ingredients total, and the second and the fourth ingredient were both alcohols and not the good kind of alcohol. So mm-hmm. it was just for my skin. I put it on and immediately felt my skin just totally sucked dry. So I had to return mm-hmm. it and got something else. But but yeah, so alcohol, it's good, but it's also mostly bad. So just just be aware of what you're looking at when you're when you're thinking, you know, to buy something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So next up, aloe vera. Do you want to talk about this one, Tess? I love aloe. Yeah. Oh, I love aloe too. So aloe by definition is a popular plant extract that soothes and hydrates the skin while providing antioxidant benefits. While aloe is not as miraculous as the skincare industry sometimes likes to Mm -hmm. make it seem. Okay, this is just Brody's little note. It does Mm -hmm. have refreshing effects for irritated or sunburnt skin. I don't know. I would kind of beg to differ. I think it's a really valuable plant ingredients and it's one of my favorites in our derma plus recovery gel which is like a a hydrating mask and this aloe in the mask is able to actually like physically penetrate the skin so it reaches a little bit of deeper layers and you'll kind of feel it tingling as it's working but it can repair like little micro tears or fissures in the skin Mm -hmm. from you know like really abrasive scrubs I think aloe is just like incredible and anyone who's ever you know had a sunburn or some kind of topical burn and applied um you know a good source of aloe vera I think you can attest to like how wonderful it is yeah, you know, exactly. Lauren and I are kind of of the thought we really appreciate um, more plant-based ingredients. So yeah, I think it's a great player. Yeah, especially when you find those those ingredients that are they're plant-based, but they're the they're they're good because there are some like quote unquote plant-based. Um, ingredients that might not necessarily be so great for the skin. They're not unhealthy by any means, but like, you know, we'll talk about this later, but like coconut oil, it's plant-based, but it really doesn't do anything for your skin. Or it does, but not what you want. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think finding those brands, again, at least from my standpoint that are both plant-based and medical, those are my favorite types of brands. And that's why I really love working with Dermaplus and using it personally because you kind of get the best of both worlds. But there are so many brands, so many ingredients um, from, you know, just straight up medical brands, just plain like, quote unquote, non-toxic or clean plant-based brands that may have these ingredients. So it's applicable to, um, you know, so many different products. Okay, we'll get into the next one, which is alpha hydroxy acids or AHAs. Lauren, want to take it away? Yes. So (laughs) by definition on Birdie, they say exfoliating exfoliating ingredients that are either manufactured synthetically or are derived from milk and fruit sugars. And that would be like a lactic from milk. Um, AHAs break down the glue that holds dead skin cells together for a brightening effect. Most common and effective AHAs are lactic and glycolic. So I love AHAs and these are going to be the most common exfoliating ingredients that you're going to find. Um, they're in peels, they're in cleansers, they're in toners, they're in moisturizers, they are in 
I mean, everything basically. So they're really, really, really effective ingredients. And I think they are definitely, for me, an acid is my preferred form of exfoliation. And Mm -hmm. then I like a gentle um, mechanical exfoliation. But I think that pretty much everybody can benefit um, from an AHA in the correct amount, frequency, and type, if that makes sense. Yeah, perfectly said. And I think a lot of times like HAs are, you know, thought of as stronger products or peels. Um, But I think, yeah, almost anyone can use a lactic, like it can even be really great in hydrating, even though it's a peel, it can be, you know, beneficial for rosacea prone skin types, um, dehydrated skin types. So if you're a little bit more on the sensitive side, lactic can be a great option if you are possibly a little bit more oily or um, wanting to work on preventative aging, glycolic might be a really wonderful acid for you. Yes, definitely. So next up, we will talk about antioxidants. Uh, These are a group of natural and synthetic ingredients that protect the skin against environmental stressors like free radicals. Popular antioxidants include vitamins E, C, lycopene, green tea, and niacinamide. I love antioxidants. And I think that especially at this day and age, it's it's like a non-negotiable. You have to have some antioxidants in your routine because yeah. our skin is under attack by yes. everything, right? It's like the sun, it's pollution, it's cleaning products, it's heat from your stove, mm. from your microwave. Like there's so much. So antioxidants really are a way for your body to... Um, to fight those, whether it be on your skin, but also, and I know you agree with this test too, but like on a, on an internal level as well, eating as many antioxidants as you can will help as well with skin and with just overall health. It's so funny you mentioned that because I was just talking with my doctor, you know, how you can have like an on an online portal with your doctors and communicate with them. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of going over like some of my, because one of my not resolutions, but goals for 2020 is to really work on my health. I'm constantly working on this, struggling with an autoimmune condition. And my immune system is just so so overactive that sometimes it's attacking itself. And my doctor literally like wrote in her recommendations, like green tea um, and more antioxidants and taking even supplements that have like any supplements I take um she advises to have certain antioxidants like green tea so it's so powerful um for not only the functions of the skin but the functions of the body as well yeah yeah love them need them I think it's it's really really an important thing to have in your skincare because it's also going to just help everything else work better like if you you know use a vitamin c with your Mm -hmm. um sunscreen it's going to just add that extra layer of protection yep Yep. or even consuming like you know different food sources blueberries I love starting my day with like a blueberry smoothie it's a low sugar source of antioxidants that just keeps you healthy especially in this winter season so we love a good antioxidant yes exactly so (laughs) speaking of plant ingredients argan oil is the next on the list here so according to birdie it says a moisturizing 
fragrance-free plant oil made from the kernels of argan trees. Oil contains skin-benefiting lipids, fatty acids, and antioxidants. This is another oil that's highly hyped up in the cosmetics world. But, and this is um, all according to Birdie, just FYI, we'll put our little spin on this. Um, but its use is merely for dry skin and hair and is no more beneficial than other plant oils like coconut, jojoba, avocado, or rapeseed oil. Used in excess, the product can get greasy. So do you want to talk about this, Tess? Because we talk about oils a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know argan oil like is a really popular one. And there's like mm-hmm. the whole Josie Murray line that's pretty much, you know, entirely like argan oil based, I believe. So I know it's a really popular oil choice. I think it can be a little um, pore clogging. I prefer, you know, lighter oils that are from plants, but, um, you know, like a squalene or a jojoba, I think it's tricky to put those oils in the same category as coconut or um, argan oil. I actually want to Google how comedogenic argan oil is. Yeah, because it's quick. interesting because this isn't an oil that I would choose like first. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not one that I necessarily pay a lot of attention to. So I'm curious what what this says when you Google it. Let's see. Because like Birdie says that, you know, they they refer to coconut oil in this definition and I would never put coconut oil on my face. And I think we've talked about that before. It just can, it, it, you know, it's, it creates a barrier on the top of your skin. It, you know, can clog your pores, all this kind of stuff. So I'm curious what it says. Oh, okay. It's saying it's a zero on the comedogenic rating. Oh, okay. What is coconut oil on that, on that rating? It's a four. Okay. Which I've um, learned in the past, but okay. I mean, interesting. Maybe that's one we've been sleeping on. Maybe. Um, I'm like digging into the depths of the internet. This is a post in like a Sephora. I guess there's like a beauty expert um, chat room and they're talking about Aryan oil and she's saying everyone raves about the benefits. So I figured I'd give it a shot because of the cold weather. About five days of nighttime, I started noticing a rash developing after using the Josie Marin oil on my face near my nose. So I did a Google search and was shocked to see all the negatives about argan oil on the face. Argan oil has many benefits in food and hair, but the FDA has not cleared it for use on the face. Dermatologists freak out when they hear patients use it because it can bring on rosacea and is highly comedogenic okay interesting this is just a random person by the way like yeah interesting okay interesting. well let's see i'm i'm looking on cosmopolitan it says that um a dermatologist dr herman says the antioxidants in argan oil especially the vitamin e can help darken or sorry whoa can help lighten <laughs> dark spots gradually over time that said, argan oil would be more effective at brightening if used in conjunction with other lightening ingredients, of course. Interesting. It sounds like this one might be better for somebody who's a little drier skinned and not so acne prone or sensitivity prone. Which is what I would think, but people saying it's a zero on the comedogenic oh, reading really surprises me. Dr. Herman says cold pressing is the preferred method of oil extraction as the heat and chemical free process preserves beneficial lipids and limits irritating byproducts. Mm. So it could be also about how it is produced. Okay. That is really valuable to hear. 
Yes. And it's okay. something we are all learning as estheticians as yeah, we go. Because I actually get asked about argan oil um, a lot in the treatment room. So. Well, it's so it's so popular right now. It's like a real trendy thing. So, so yeah. okay, sounds like look for cold-pressed argan oil if you want to try it out. Okay, there cool. we go. Good to know. And I would, I normally differentiate oils based on like, if they are like a, like a, a actual plant oil versus like coming from a nut, like a coconut or marula, I think those tend to be heavier. Right. Um, but I didn't even know there was an argan oil plant. So we are learning today. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Let's get into the next one. So let's talk about benzoyl peroxide. This is actually a favorite of mine now that I've, I understand like how my skin best reacts to it, but it's been really helpful in terms of managing my acne, um, which I actually did my previous solo episode all about managing my acne. So maybe that's interesting to you if you are struggling it with it yourself or if you have clients who are. So by definition, benzoyl peroxide is a well-researched over-the-counter antibacterial agent considered highly effective for treating acne by killing bacteria without much irritation. Okay, I think the note on irritation, like it just depends on the use case. It depends on the percentage. There's, you know, products you can get from a drugstore. There's products you can get from a derm products you can get from an esthetician. So just bearing that in mind, you can certainly have a strong benzoyl that could be irritating, especially depending on if you have other actives in the routine, like salicylic and um, retinol. So for me, with acne, like all three of those, vitamin A, salicylic, and benzoyl, I have all of them in my routine, just spaced out and um, you know, in moderate doses. So I'm constantly kind of like dissolving that, that glue that keeps the the cells together. I'm constantly keeping the pores clean and working on improving the functions um, of the skin with these different ingredients. But I think it's a really fantastic um, ingredient and you will see it in so many different consistencies and types. You'll see it in spot treatments. You'll see it even the way I'm kind of using it lately is as somewhat of a lotion. So I will just spread um, a thin layer on the skin. That way it's it's really close to the skin. It's the first thing I apply. Um, and that way I found for my form of acne, which is kind of more of like bacterial infection, it's really, really helpful. And um it just works on controlling that infection. And so just keeping it on the skin for longer periods of time has been helpful to me. Yeah, that's so interesting because benzoyl peroxide, I think is really, is a pretty misunderstood ingredient. And even by myself, because up until you and I started talking about it recently, I really shied away from benzoyl because I thought Mm. that it was, Mm. you know, just way, way, way too drying for the skin. But Mm. as we said, finding a way that it works for you a really 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 beneficial ingredient yeah especially if you are having that like vicious cycle of acne um and you're you know just you don't have anything like those ingredients I mentioned to keep the pores clean um I think you really need that to you know keep them clean dissolve what's in there and kill that bacteria because um 
if it's just sitting on the skin, you don't have anything kind of bringing oxygen um, to the bacteria. It tends to be that vicious cycle where you might see yourself kind of breaking out in the same location over and over Mm -hmm. again within the same pore. Um, So yeah, that's why it's been really helpful for me. All right. Love it. So next up, beta hydroxy acid, which is BHA, um, by definition is an oil soluble exfoliant that penetrates pores deeply to clear acne and blackheads. Salicylic is the most common BHA in skincare. I thought salicylic was the only BHA. Am I wrong? No, you are right. What? Right? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, uh, BHAs in skincare. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure salicylic is the only one, but it's so effective. Like, oh, yeah. I, I love salicylic. I recommend it for pretty much anybody that's, you know, dealing with acne because, it, like you said, it can be combined with, um, with like benzoyl and other, other things. Yes. Because it's not like super sensitizing. No. And I, Derma Plus has a really great toner. It's called the Purifying Toner. And it just, it does exactly that. It dissolves those blackheads. Um, I feel like it's just like a little magic eraser, like so helpful. It's, I think if you can find one that's, you know, calming because of the anti-inflammatory benefits and it's not too drying, which can occur. Um, it can be so helpful. So yeah, my, I'm so grateful. I found like a routine that finally works with a little bit of salicylic toner, a little bit of a benzoyl lotion, and then retin-A alternated every other night. And my routine, I mean, for some people it could be a nightmare. Like it, your skin has to be at a, a good, foundation um to receive these ingredients it can't be overly sensitized um but it's helped so much so yeah yeah love it you so love that. also i googled it and it looks like salicylic is the only is the only bha so, so yeah know. it is the most common <laughs> <laughs> okay right. so next we have botanicals which we kind of touched on earlier but a very general word for referring to any natural or plant-derived ingredient, which may or may not be organic or even beneficial to the skin. So we did touch on this a little bit, um, and I also did a post on my Instagram about the difference between like natural, cosmetic, mm. and then medical-grade mm. skincare. So botanicals would fall into that that natural, you know, plant-derived. So it's a big it's a big word and it's, you know, botanicals and like, you know, quote unquote, natural skincare. There's no regulation to that. And, you know, just because it's plant-based or natural doesn't necessarily mean it's good for the skin. Like we said, I do think there's right. a lot, there's so much benefit to, to botanical ingredients and, you know, and being very plant derived, but, um, you know, just making sure to pick the right ones and do your research, I think yeah. will be ultra beneficial in this case. Yes. And I think if you can find like medical grade botanicals, that's, I think, a beautiful choice not to say like you can't find um, some, you know, good products that aren't professional grade, but it tends to be the best way to ensure a line is not only like safe and FDA approved, but it's been proven by research to have an effect on the skin but botanicals can be such powerhouses because you if you think of plants they innately have everything they need for that little plant to you know like blossom and survive on its own so mm-hmm. some really incredible um i hate the word natural but like 
naturally occurring um, ingredients for the skin. And the alternative is, um, you know, ingredients that are made in a lab, um, Mm -hmm. so synthetically, and not to say that synthetic skincare doesn't also have its place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a place for both, but I think at the, at the end of the day, the bottom line is that research is key. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's talk about caffeine. Okay. (laughs) Something I love in the mornings and in my eye cream. (laughs) Caffeine is an antioxidant containing stimulant often included in skincare products with the promise of reducing cellulite and or puffy eyes. There is mixed research proving its effectiveness for these conditions, and it can have irritating effects on some skin types. But when applied topically, it may feel soothing and improve redness. Yeah, so I've seen caffeine. Again, a lot of times it's in eye cream. It's in my favorite eye cream. Um, that Derma Plus makes, and you can find caffeine either from like a coffee or a green tea derived plant. But I think if it's you know a quality product, it can really have some excellent results for depuffing, and it feels really nice. So that could be a good ingredient to look for in your eye cream if you feel like. I feel like a lot of times, like more common than not, people feel like their eye cream doesn't "quote unquote" do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, And maybe that's a good time to flip over the ingredient deck and like check for something like caffeine that's actually going to have a depuffing result on the skin. Vitamin K is also a great one for dark circles Um, that could be in an eye cream. But just understanding like what would be when you see the promise on a label, like Mm -hmm. um, when it says like miracle bright eyes, for example, as the name of the eye cream, like let's turn the product over. Let's see like what would actually point towards like a brighter under eye here. And if you can't, you know, pinpoint any ingredients that would have that effect on the skin, like it may just be marketing. Yeah, exactly. And caffeine is one that you can see a pretty instant result from. And obviously that's super popular because we all want tighter, brighter under eyes. So yeah, I love caffeine Mm -hmm. in an eye cream. I've never really used it in any other product mostly just eye creams. So definitely look for that. It could be good. Yeah. Okay. This is a huge one we want to talk about. (laughs) And that is collagen because I feel like it was like the beauty buzzword of like the past five years, maybe longer than that. And it's still, it comes about in new products and new forms. And people are, I think, so intrigued, but also a little bit deceived in some cases by it so okay the definition is a type of fibrous protein derived from animals that acts as a water binding agent to keep moisture locked into the skin topical collagen has not been found to encourage the body to produce more of its own collagen and ingestible collagen has not been proven to do much of anything Mm-hmm. So I know. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Bernie. Yeah. Lauren just asked me like if uh, what my opinion was on collagen products, and I think it can be a great hydrating ingredient. Um, like perhaps in a sheet mask, it'd be really wonderful for kind of like binding humectants and water to the skin, um, and making making the skin feel more hydrated and, and plumped. So you might see si- signs of maybe you have little like 
lines from dehydration. You might kind of see those get plumped up um, temporarily as you bring water to the skin. What people don't understand is ingesting collagen or using a topical lotion that has collagen in it, anything like that, it's not going to directly give the skin more collagen. Producing collagen is really a deeper process and it takes during those fibroblast cells like to right. really create that reaction where new collagen is produced. But if you if you think of a piece of paper, if you crumple it up um, and then smooth it out, it's like it's very difficult to get those lines. Um, like we have on the skin that have been um, formed over time. It's it's very difficult to just like fill them back in. So I would just be wary of any protein powder or beauty product that says, you know, like collagen, because it's just people equate it with decreasing wrinkles. And that's, it's not possible. Exactly. To you. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's like such a hot topic. It's such like, a buzzword right now, collagen this and collagen that, but yeah, it's like collagen pills. Yeah, it's honestly, the last product or one of the last products that I would spend right. a lot of money on, right? Because it's just it's a conditioner, and I feel like you know you can you can really get a good conditioner that's not necessarily so expensive if you're looking at a collagen cream that's super expensive. It's definitely not a staple in my personal routine. Um, I think it's a good. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's it's water binding, so it's gonna help to lock moisture in. But but just don't go spend your hard earned dollars if you're trying to decide between like a serum and a collagen cream. Go with the serum, I think. Yeah, get a good vitamin C or a vitamin A, some sort of retinol that will yeah. way more effectively like support the collagen production process. It's funny because um, an esthetician I talk with was actually saying how when collagen cream started coming about, like they found it was an excellent skin conditioner, but the reaction was explosive in the marketplace because people were just, you know, kind of putting their own interpretation on the word and thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have like baby skin, all this new collagen. Um, if I put on this topical cream, so we are just busting that myth right here. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the fact of the matter is if topical collagen and ingesting collagen was, was actually as beneficial as people think we wouldn't have all of these lasers and microneedling and all of these more advanced. Exactly. You know what I mean? It just, it just wouldn't be. So anyways, soapbox, we're gone. <laughs> okay. so next we'll talk about coenzyme q10 um, hmm. also called coq10 so by definition a fat soluble ingredient that our bodies naturally produce the substance has soothing antioxidant effects on the skin when applied topically i love coq10 it is one of the most potent antioxidants and has a lot of benefit from the skin just like we talked about antioxidants earlier as far as free radicals and protecting the skin this is the same um, the same line of thinking, but just a specific type of antioxidant. Well said. And is there any like specific product you have that has CoQ10? I'm not using a CoQ10 right now, to be quite I'm honest. Um, yeah. I'll have to look it up. We can, we can definitely make some res uh, recommendations and leave them in the show notes. Yeah. Cause I think that's one maybe you don't hear as yeah. often, but yeah, and it's fat soluble, so you'll often find it in like an oil-based product. 
Yeah. Um, so that it can actually be effective on the skin. So yeah, but we can look into it. I probably should be, as I say how much I love it, but I'm not using it. <laughs> That's okay. No. Yeah. And I think like any ingredient that our bodies naturally produce, like I, I think those tend to yield really great results because your body recognizes it. It's, you know, um, like some even something like squalene that's olive derived like it's similar to the consistency of our body's natural makeup so it's really readily absorbed um so more on that later yes coq10 reps to come yes (laughs) okay let's talk about clay yes okay and i know this is like you can find such a range within um the whole clay right department but okay so by definition it's a popular cosmetic ingredient that comes from a variety of natural sources and works well to absorb excess oil in the skin and unclog congested pores one of the most popular types is bentonite clay which comes from volcanic ash sediments and yeah okay i have a lot to say on yeah Carolyn and bentonite clays because take it away they're some of my favorites and I think they can be incredible but they need to be um diluted with other ingredients like the example that comes to mind is that Amazon that Aztec Aztec clay mask that was that's so popular on Amazon um and I believe it's just straight up bentonite clay it's a hundred percent bentonite clay so it's like you put it on and you feel like this pulsing it's like so strong and people some people love it but if you dig through the reviews like some people have had really horrible um experiences with it because of it not being diluted at all and i think adding apple cider vinegar as they kind of um suggest like would just make it a ph nightmare um but because it can actually like burn the skin um if it's not diluted and some clients have had this experience so I think it can be a wonderful ingredient it can be very calming and just helpful for pulling out impurities in the skin um, when it's properly formulated And Derma Plus has a mineral clay mask that I use weekly and it's really calming. It has zinc in it. So I love that for um, helping to absorb excess oil. And I think masks are great. People love to do masks as kind of a maintenance thing. I think they should be, if you are talking about acne, I think they should be supplemented with, you know, salicylic benzoyl or some sort of... um, vitamin a because i think on their own like a lot of times people are just trying to treat acne with a topical clay mask or like Mm -hmm. some sort of cosmeceutical clay mask and i don't think it's enough to treat the cycle of acne um which by nature is like really cyclical it needs to be um disrupted with some more active ingredients that penetrate deeper clay is more so just like pulling like it says excess oil out from the surface so clay masks like classic thing you know you see when you think of skincare um, and self-care so I think they can have their place but just choose wisely with your masks because some can be so drying or just caustic for the skin yeah and I think one thing that I see a lot too with acne clients who maybe it's their first time seeing an esthetician or they're just trying to manage at home 
is they do a lot of topical treatments and they do a lot of clay-based masks. Like they do everything that's marketed towards acne. Right. But what they end up doing, and especially with clay masks, is it really can dry out the surface of your skin. And that can actually trap the bacteria within your skin and like blackheads, it'll trap them in there because yeah. I mean, as estheticians, we know that when a client comes, comes, comes to you for the first time for extractions, you probably are not going to be able to get most, most of the impaction out because it's so mm-hmm. like hardened that you yeah. physically, you have to hydrate, you have to, you know, cre- create a supple environment within the skin to get anything out of it. So I think I see a lot of people who, you know, use every acne product under the sun, but they don't use anything hydrating or moisturizing right. because they think it's going to make them oilier, make the problem worse, their skin doesn't need it, whatever. So that's another thing. Just be really careful with your clay products. I mean, like like Tess said, this Aztec healing clay, it's got to be diluted and not with apple cider vinegar. Um, so and and by diluted, I even mean like the product itself needs yes. to be diluted with other emollients, not mm-hmm. just diluted with water. Um, sorry, that wasn't clear, but yeah, just. Yeah. I just almost think that I almost think people shouldn't buy the Aztec healing clay just because no. how are you going to dilute it yourself in a way that's effective for the skin? You can't because you need a bunch of other different ingredients that you, you know, unless you go to like a chemist store online, you're probably not going to find. So anyways, just leave all that to the, to the professionals, get a clay based product that is formulated for your skin and not something that's a hundred percent clay. Cause I promise you, it will just cause you some issues. I have been a personal victim of bentonite clay. When it <laughs> first too. came out, I wanted I to try it. Like mask. <laughs> Yeah. And if you have it, maybe use it on your feet or your yeah, on on your arms. I've heard yeah. yeah, you can do like a detox, but yeah. But on the face, so. it's just too too strong. Yeah. So anyways, okay, next one, which this one's interesting and kind of out of my realm, but it's dihydroxyacetone, I think is how you say it, and it's DHA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by definition, an ingredient found in most self-tanners derived from sugar. It affects the color of the skin's top layers by reacting with the skin's amino acids to turn the skin a darker shade of brown over the course of several hours. So I honestly don't know too much about this ingredient. It's, I mean, it's in your self-tanner. It's what, like, like it said, creates a chemical reaction to make your skin darker. Mm, yeah, I mean, all I know is I self-tan pretty much every week because I avoid the sun. And DHA is always the ingredient I see in my self-tanners. I just Googled because I wanted to be short, like, if there are organic DHAs, because I see that as kind of a distinguish distinguishment, is that the word? Um, on different bottles or brands, like organic DHAs. Right. So... Let's see. Well, it says it's derived from sugar. So it's already naturally derived, but I guess it depends if that sugar is organic. There is no 100% certified organic DHA ingredient on the market. So maybe it's more like 70%. Yeah. Harvard Health says that there's been very few studies on the safety of DHA. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Slightly concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. As far as putting it on your face goes, I don't think the DHA itself is um, like an ingredient that would make you break out or anything like that. Cause I have a self tanner. I use these drops that I mix with oh, a moisturizer. Is it the tan I, lux? It's, no, it's um, Isle of Paradise. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, and it does not break me out. So I don't think DHA is the issue because pretty much the drops are like pure DHA with like a little bit of like, I think glycerin and something else in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think as far as like comedogenesis go, comedogenesis, is that a word? I was just going to roll with it. <laughs> so as far as that goes, I don't think it's necessarily comedogenic, but as far as like, like health safety of DHA, I like, like they said, there hasn't been too many studies on it. So I guess take your, take your pick if you want to be tan or not. I tan too. I, I really love it. I do too. This and is going to be heartbreaking. Long term, it's probably better than being in the sun. I would think so. Would unless think. But also don't quote us on this. Right? Please don't come for us. So, okay. So moving on. Um, elastin. So... <laughs> And this is interesting um, as an ingredient. So an mm. elastin is a naturally occurring component that gives skin its flexibility. When applied topically, it helps skin retain moisture, but has not been shown to affect the skin's natural elastic production, elastin production, which is similar. I mean, it's the same thing as collagen. So collagen and elastin are the two things that make your skin um, basically give it the youthful appearance. appearance. <laughs> when you're a kid, you've got tons of elastin and collagen. As you get older, it diminishes. So these are the two things that really make a difference in your skin. However, personally, I've never used a product with elastin in it. I haven't either. I but haven't it's even... something we'll have to pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. But again, it's it's elastin is a structure. You know, it's it's part of the structure of your skin. It's not like oil that comes out the top of your skin. So mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily, I think, something that can be applied topically and give you a really big difference and benefit to your skin. Okay. Okay. I'm rolling it. Let's talk about that one. So it is a hydrating thickening agent that helps skin hold onto moisture for a softening, soothing effect. Natural emollients include plant oils, mineral oil, shea and cocoa butters and fatty acids, petrolatum, lecithin, triglycerides, benzoates, Meristates and palmitates are also emollients that give many skincare products their creamy texture. So not to say these are all created equal, but these are all like potential ingredients you would see probably in a face cream or a moisturizer Mm -hmm. um, that is able to hold that oil and water together um, to keep the product you know, having a certain consistency and to allow those ingredients to have the right delivery systems to reach the skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just like any other, um, you know, I guess what's the word category of ingredients. Cause I, I would consider mm-hmm. emollient a category of ingredients. Yes. There are some that are better than others. For instance, petrolatum. <laughs> I don't love <laughs> It's a petroleum-based product. I mean, it, it's what you find. It's like Vaseline is petrolatum. Um, you know, Which so is it's mineral oil. It's, yeah, exactly. And so it can be it can be clogging. It can create a barrier. So um, again, use Paula's Choice. Use Inky Decoder. One of these websites that can help you um, zero in on the exact emollient that's in your in your product that you're looking at. Yeah. Cool. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Um, next up on the chopping block is essential oils. So fragrant plant-based extracts with anti-aging and 
aromatherapeutic properties that can be highly irritating when applied directly to the skin. Essential oils should be combined with a fatty carrier oil like jojoba before used topically, before being used topically. Skin benefiting essential oils include frankincense, which has astringent properties, and lavender oil, which helps the body produce antioxidants. So essential oils, my gosh, this could be a whole episode on its own. No, I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to know more about essential oils, like about each specific one. And they're right. right. It can be highly irritating, but I don't think they do in this little definition. I don't think they do enough to explain the benefit of essential oils. What do you think? Okay. Well, I can speak on the benefits a little bit. And I think it's interesting because I think fragrance can certainly be um, sensitizing. And I think like recently there's been this wave against essential oils Mm -hmm. um, and they've been kind of like demonized um, as just bad for the skin. Like you see essential oil free lines and I think it's just really important that they highlighted the essential oils need to be combined with a fatty carrier oil like jojoba. Um, and in doing so, there can be a lot of benefits for the skin because of essential oils. Um, as long as they're truly like plant derived and properly diluted again. So, you know, there's eucalyptus that can kill bacteria and infections. It's highly anti-inflammatory, so it can be helpful for wounds or cuts, sores, even relaxing your muscles and joints. Um, So it could be great in terms of like a facial massage oil, for example. Um, Peppermint is another one. And these essential oils can truly have medicinal benefits. They're not just, you know, things that smell nice, but they can be really soothing, healing, and cooling if your skin is inflamed. Something like Orange can be a great antiseptic and anti-inflammatory, um, really good for acne-prone skin, or even beneficial for anti-aging, um, as it can increase the skin's ability to absorb vitamin C and produce collagen. So I, that is just, I know it's a controversial world, but I just wanted to um, kind of like put a little bit more information out there, because I think people are kind of harping on essential oils and they truly like historically have had some really wonderful um, advantages. And I think they're really important in a spa room. I think getting people to relax is so underrated and like the best thing you can do in a facial treatment room is keep a relaxed um, environment. And even if in that, you know, facial treatment room, you're not doing anything crazy, just a person going into a quiet room and being able to like step away from their life and inhale some essential oils and relax is like, just, I think we all need it. So um, I think they certainly have their place, especially in the spa industry. Yeah, perfectly said. I think that really, really hits the nail on the head. I mean, as far as like, fragrances goes I think that we have a lot bigger fish to fry than essential oils to be honest yeah and you know yeah I think it can create like a really great um user experience and client experience and so I think they are beneficial yes so okay Okay. next up um glycerin which is a humectant naturally found in the skin that helps it maintain a soft moisturized healthy look 
Used topically in combination with other emollients and antioxidants, it has been shown to be very effective at restoring the skin. I like glycerin. I think it's a great product. Yeah. A great ingredient. Great ingredient. Yeah. And I see it in like every range of products from drugstore to professional grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as far as I, probably, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, as far as I understand, I think glycerin is a relatively inexpensive I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, so that's, I think why it can be found in yeah. so many different products. And I think that also really sets it apart because it's, it's a beneficial ingredient without being a really expensive ingredient. So it's something that you can benefit from with whatever product you're using. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. We love glycerin. All right. Let's end on one more. We want to talk about um, green tea, which we briefly highlighted when we talked about antioxidants, but green tea is an antioxidant containing ingredient shown to have anti-aging effects on the skin, including an ability to soothe and improve the appearance of sun damage. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. It's, we have it in our German Plus moisturizer. It's um, a great one to look for when you are looking yeah. at skincare. Um, yeah, like we said, it's all about the antioxidants. Yeah, especially if you're living in a city or, you know, a really urban environment where you're facing a lot of pollution. That can yeah. be important in your routine. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. I love that. I love green tea. I think it's a great, like you said, it's a great ingredient. It's, you know, hard to go wrong with green tea. I want to go make some. I know. I know. It sounds delicious. (laughs) Okay. Well, what do you say? We wrap it up here and we will, we will dive into um, the second half of this ingredient based podcast. We're already almost at an hour here and we thought it could just get a little extensive going on. Yeah. So we'll do a part two and we'll go over the rest of them. Um, But yeah, let us know what you guys think. If you have any questions about any of these specifically, um, let us know. Again, we'll leave all the notes in the down below in the show notes and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Yeah. And let us know if you like these kind of like technical based yeah. podcasts, because we're sometimes we're not sure if you guys would rather hear about our experiences or more technical things, or maybe mm-hmm. you like the kind of the mix of both, which we've kind of decided is um, what we want to provide, like education, as well as we want to be conversational. We want you guys to know us and kind of like little pieces of our lives. And we don't want it to be like too sterile and like you're sitting in a classroom, like reading a textbook, <laughs> but we want to deliver the information at the same time. Exactly. So as always, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.